0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words. Uh, Thank you that we can rejoice in the honour you have afforded us by sending Jesus to die for us. As we continue to look at your word and as Steve comes to speak to us, we pray that you would be the one speaking, that you would open our hearts to hear what you would say to us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, Amen. So our soul reading for this afternoon is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 12th chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Steve is now going to come and speak.
1: Thank you, Rob. Uh, lovely to be with you um, this afternoon. I'm coming a little bit closer to you. Um, now, you know how I like to, uh, to, to stretch your, um, uh, your, um, your minds a little bit. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit of a speech, and um, I'm hoping that your, um, your excellent um, breadth of knowledge, will be able to, you'll be able to spot where it comes from. Okay, so have a, have a go at this. Um, here's the speech. For this end, we must be knit together in this work as one man. We must entertain each other in brotherly affection. We must be willing to abridge ourselves of our superfluities for the supply of others' necessities. We must uphold a familiar commerce together in all meekness, gentleness, patience and liberality. We must delight in each other, make others' conditions our own, Rejoice together, mourn together, labor and suffer together, always having before our eyes our commission and community in the work as members of the same body. Any ideas where that comes from? Throw yourself back into history? No. Something to do with the Commonwealth? A reasonable guess, reasonable guess, yeah, no. Um, further, further. Yes, further back into the past than that. The what? Cromwell, no, not as far back as that. Um, so this was a speech uh, given by John Winthrop uh, on, uh, the, uh, on the ship Arab, uh, Arbella um, as they sailed, the founding fathers, sailed across the Atlantic uh, to land in Boston um, and uh, establish uh, the colonization Um, of of America Um, uh, and this was a famous speech it's it's called the the speech of the city uh, on the hill Um, you can see that there's quite a lot of biblical uh, reference here uh, from the passage that we've just been looking at and in other places he speaks from uh, Matthew 6 as well but this was his vision for uh, the civilization uh, of uh, the America that they were to found now fascinating to think uh, how far uh, not only American culture um, but Western culture in general has moved from this vision of mutual interdependence, care of others um, and communal life to what is uh, sometimes referred to as, uh, as a radical individualism absolute determination that, that I will uh, do what is best for me. Uh, I will consider things entirely from my perspective. And as a result of that, um, so many things that are captured in that speech, so many things that are captured in the reading we've just had, um, have fallen from favor. In place of this sense of loyalty and commitment to a community uh, comes um, um, impermanence. Uh, and a speed of movement from one thing to another. Um, always searching after um, something that is best for me. Well, into this culture that, that we find ourselves in today, um, this passage, the Bible, um, speaks a, a vital but also a profoundly countercultural note. Uh, we've just plucked out three verses from uh, the middle of. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It, it's, a, it's a letter written to a church that was full of disunity, um, struggling in its relationships together. Um, and in all sorts of ways, this word came to the Corinthian church as a corrective um, and perhaps comes uh, to us in our culture today uh, as a corrective as well. You will see the essential imagery here for the church, which is the, the idea of the church as a body. It's not the only image that the New Testament uses for the church. Um, sometimes the church is referred to um, as, a, um, as a household with the imagery of family um, and uh, um, of brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, the household of faith. Um, uh, 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 at other places, the New Testament refers to the church as a building um, in which each of, each of us are living stones uh, of this temple uh, that is being built up, um, in which God dwells by His Spirit. But probably the most famous and, and, and uh, the one that um, comes out most often um, in the New Testament is this one of the idea of the church as um, a body. And all I want to do um, this morning, as we uh, this afternoon, as we look at these verses, um, is uh, to, to pluck out um, three things um, and then three brief implications. First of all, will you notice that this imagery of the church as a body presses upon us the essential unity of a church? Um, Verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. That The commonest word in these three verses is one. Um, uh, uh, And the picture here, is of the many different parts all forming together to, to be one single body. It's, it's kind of obvious, isn't it, that, that, um, that the different parts of our body, the different members of our body—hand, uh, leg, ear, eye—they're not intended to exist independently. I mean, they, they, the whole point of all of those um, all of those parts is that they should form together to be one. United body. It's kind of clear. If you happen to have any independently existing body parts at home, then that will be an issue for the police. You know, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Um, Well, that or some other sort of calamity. Uh, Our body parts are intended to exist in unity. Um, And that's the picture uh, that we have here. So there is an essential unity uh, to uh, the body. Um, And notice the way that verse 12 works. Let me read it again. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with... Now, if you didn't have it in front of you, how would you think that verse would end? You'd expect it to end. So it is with the church. But actually, it's not the way that the verse ends. The verse ends by, so it is with Christ. And I think what we're seeing here is such is the, the tightness of the connection between Jesus Christ and the church, which is his body on earth, uh, that the ideas are interchangeable in Paul's mind. Um, there was a time, wasn't there, when all that God was accomplishing through Jesus was being accomplished by Jesus in his physical body. There was a time when if you wanted to to encounter Christ, you would go and meet him on a hillside in Galilee, flesh and blood. Today, how is God accomplishing what he wants to accomplish? He's accomplishing it through the church, through the body of Christ on earth now. So first, an essential unity, uh, the church as the body of Christ. But, but see how that secondly leads to, to a necessary diversity. And I'm going to jump down uh, to verse 14, which says that even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. It's clear, isn't it, that, that a body needs to be differentiated. It does need all its different bits, it would be an extraordinarily odd body that was all ear. Uh, or, or a body that was just hands. Uh, the whole idea is preposterous. We can't sort of put our heads uh, around such, a, such a, a mental image. Because essential to a physical body is its diversity, that it has many different parts for different functions. And here Paul is picking up that imagery to say so it is with the church. The church is not made up of of one part, but of many. Many different people with different gifts, different backgrounds, uh, uh, different approaches, different temperaments, all joined together uh, to form a church community. It does make the church essentially very different from any other gathering. You think about it, any 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 other grouping that gets together um, actually groups together around their familiarities. Um, they all like bird watching, so they join their bird watching club. Um, uh, they um, uh, they all enjoy um, trains, so they become a train spotting corporation. Um, people join together uh, with their common interest. Um, And so often people also join together in their demographic groups at a particular age or stage of life. And the challenge for us here, and it is a tough challenge, is to say that our churches should not be like that. Our churches should be diverse. Diverse in terms of age, in terms of social background, in terms of intellectual ability, um, in terms of personality types. God would have us be diverse... Because he knows that that is good for us, spiritually. Good for us to, to be challenged by the, the way that people around us do things differently. So, an essential unity. A necessary diversity. Um, and then an underlying spirituality. Because if, if it's not that we're drawn together by, simply by common interest... Um, There's something deeper than that going on. Uh, And it's expressed there in verse 13. Where Paul writes, For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. The driving force for the unity of the church is the spiritual work that God has done to bring us to himself. Uh, All of these phrases here are are just different ways of saying somebody is a born-again Christian believer. Uh, They've been baptized by the Spirit. They've been given the Spirit to drink. And it's that one Spirit. And because they all have the one Spirit, uh, they all share uh, in uh, the common life. Uh, And uh, the bread and wine that we're going to share together, capture that. Uh, We say we all share in one bread uh, because we are one body. So, a picture of the church, an essential unity, necessary diversity, um, and underpinning it, um, a spirituality, uh, God's Holy Spirit at work within us. Three things uh, just for us to to bear in mind as we think about um, the outworking here at Christ Church. Um, First, can I say we have to begin with Christ. We won't establish the sort of church that God wants us to have here by our own efforts, Uh, we won't establish it by trying hard. No, we begin with Jesus. Uh, years ago, I remember um, a friend giving me a picture uh, of church. And he said, imagine church is um, is like a big circle of people, all with their arms linked. Uh, and imagine you want to, to try and um, get the people closer together. Well, the, the people could just tug the person next to them, come closer to me, come closer to me. But they're being tugged on the other side by the other person who's saying, come closer to me, come closer to me. And everyone's sort of tugging sideways. Um, but clearly, the much better way for those people to get closer together would be all to walk towards the center, to move towards Jesus Christ. We begin with him. A church's unity, its health, its spiritual vigor uh, begins with each of our own uh, personal uh, walk with Jesus. We've got to begin with him. We've got to be sure that we have come to faith in him ourselves and that we are nurturing our faith in him. So first, begin with Christ. Second, prize our differences. Rather than find it awkward when we find that people are different to us, uh, different background, different culture, uh, different age, uh, we should prize that. It's been a joy to me over uh, the last uh, few years. I know we're small in number today, probably because of uh, this morning's special service of farewell uh, to John and Ruth Tuckwell. Um, But it's been special to me that this four o'clock service uh, has had a breadth of ages um, and stages of life of people coming to it. I think that's important, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, We should prize our differences uh, and not be fearful of them. Uh, And then thirdly, um, that uh, we should commit uh, to belonging, Uh, to see that it it is right and proper as disciples of Christ uh, to uh, commit to the body of Christ. Um, whether that's committing by uh, attending on a Sunday, midweek, or um, whether there are events going on, uh, to commit by giving financially, uh, to commit um, by uh, using our gifts in whatever way we can, uh, by praying um, for events that are going on, uh, by being in touch with people uh, who we know are in difficulty. Uh, all of these things are evidences of uh, our commitment uh, to, uh, to belong uh, to the body of Christ. Uh, one of my hopes uh, for the coming year, um, I think um, both Rob and I have known for some time that one of the difficulties, I think, uh, for this particular uh, Sunday gathering um, is that by being only twice a month, um, it loses some of the continuity uh, that would come by meeting, month, uh, meeting every week. Um, and I think one of the things that we want to keep praying about, thinking about, um, is how we might change uh, that in particular. It's a lovely picture that God gives us of his people, the body of Christ. And it anticipates what we will be doing in eternity. Um, this is like a um, dress rehearsal doesn't seem very big or very important. uh, But actually gathering together to praise God, gathering together with fellow disciples of Christ to do that, uh, is what we will do into eternity. Uh, And church, Sunday by Sunday, uh, is just a little first fruits, an anticipation of uh, that glorious gathering before God's throne. Uh, Let me pray. For us, Heavenly Father, we are uh, so grateful for the work that you have done uh, in order to bring people uh, to uh, to uh, bring us uh, to knowledge of Christ. Uh, thank you for the way that uh, you work uh, to form the body of Christ, uh, the Church. And thank you for all the ways that we are blessed uh, by being. Uh, part of that body. Uh, and we pray for those who, though part of the body, are not able to be with us uh, on a Sunday. Uh, and we pray that uh, we would reach out to them effectively, uh, loving and caring for them uh, or, uh, during uh, these, uh, this phase of their lives. And we pray, Father, that uh, you would build uh, your church up Uh, for your own glory. And we pray that uh, uh, in uh, whatever way, uh, you would teach us uh, how we might uh, live to serve you uh, within the body of Christ that you have established. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.